one of the lost arts in uh, church life that we hope to recover over time together is the act of confessing. And there's something about confessing corporately uh, that has power in it as well. And so on the screen here, uh, we can go to the next slide. We're going to say these words together. And then at the end of our uh, communal confession, I have the privilege and honor of offering words of absolution. That language of absolution is just fancy language for forgiveness, for the assurance that God hears us, God sees us, and God uh, is faithful uh, to forgive all that we have left undone and done. So I would ask if you would join me in this reading together uh, and let us begin. Unclutter our lives, Lord. We have too much, consume too much, expect too much. Grant us perspective to see this world through others' eyes than just our own. Grant us compassion where there is need to play our part not turn aside. Grant us gratitude for what we have, our daily bread, the gift of life. Unclutter our lives, Lord. Give us space, simplicity, thankful hearts. Now these words of absolution that are for you and for me. God, the Father of mercies, has reconciled the world to himself through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, not counting our trespasses against us, but sending his Holy Spirit to shed abroad his love among us, receive his pardon and peace to stand before him in his strength alone this day and forevermore. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. There is something about living this life where there's so many ways that our wrongs are called into our minds and our hearts, but the inability to hand those over and to experience them lift away from us. Like the psalmist says that God knows what has gone wrong, but separates us as far as the east is from the west from those things. So you do not have to carry it anymore. That is the act of confession, and we have to get good at it, and so we're going to practice it together. I just have a few words to say this morning before we get into communion together. We've been in this book of James now for uh, four weeks, and this is the fifth. And you heard the scripture read this morning uh, by Asher. Thank you, Asher. And uh, I'm going to ask if you've got a Bible, you can turn to chapter 5. I just want to say a couple of things. We started in verse 13. If any among you are suffering, they should pray. If any are cheerful, they should sing songs of praise. I heard all of those things already happen this morning. Um, there is a very curious verse right above this I'm going to read for you. Chapter 5, verse 12. Above all, my beloved, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation. This is a strange verse. And when we gathered together on Thursday in our Bible study, uh, we all kind of got stuck on it and talked for quite a while. I want to say a couple of words about this verse and why I believe it's here. This will lead us into our time of healing prayer and of communion, but also I believe is going to throw us into our next teaching focus, which is the book of Numbers. Uh, But we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks. So one more time. Above all, my beloved, do not swear either by heaven or earth or any other oath, but let your yes be yes and no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Uh, We use words quite frivolously a lot of the time. And 
um, make promises that we have no intention of keeping, uh, speak things into the world without a sense of awareness of the power that they carry. But the writer of this letter knows that our words have power. And one of the things we seek to do in worship together is to care for language such that it puts us back together rather than breaks us apart. And I end up being fortunate and sometimes burdened to offer a lot of the words on Sunday morning. Um, but you have spoken into this space today. And from like 9.30 until 10.30 and something like 12 o'clock until 12.45, we are all interacting and hugging and sharing words with one another. And uh, what I want to say this morning more than anything is that we would do well to pay close attention to the way that we speak to the language that we use with one another. I am I'm finding in my study, in conversations I have with the staff, in conversations I have with you all, in kind of surveying the world as it's spinning around, uh, a certain kind of cohesion around some deep convictions. And one that is like right at the center of things is that us gathering together face-to-face, body-to-body in this space weekly uh, offers us opportunities to heal ourselves and thereby heal the world just one little bit at a time. And I never want to skate through this day. I don't want to just kind of skip along and practice patterned speech, but to be really present to what's happening here. You may notice during worship often there's folks I don't get to see during the week and I can't help but find you and hug you and ask how your week has been, um, but because it means something to show up face-to-face to one another. Now, in a little bit, uh, Pastor Lindsay and I are going to be off in what we call the transepts. By the way, that's a fancy church word for this section that runs this way. If you didn't notice, our sanctuary is built like a cross, cruciform, and the transepts are the arms of the cross. And so Pastor Lindsay and I are going to be in each of these sections during communion. And the invitation is uh, that if you would like to come forward for what we would call healing prayer, um, then we would love to receive you. And we're going to be there the whole time during communion. Uh, so if you would like to, to come forward and then take communion, or if you'd like to take communion and then come to us, if uh, you prefer not to receive communion, but, uh, but would just like prayer, we are here. Now, here's what's happening in healing prayer. It's not magic. It's not like a certain kind of ritualistic formula that we're going to say over you. But it is this. It is bearing witness to one another in your joys and in your pains, face to face. It even involves human touch, interaction. There's oil that we have here, uh, olive oil, that we will put the sign of the cross on your head if uh, that is okay with you. There's so much about our lives that are fragmented. And to be held and to be seen and nurtured in that, um, it will do something. It will put part of you back together. And Lindsay and I, we get the honor of standing in that place, partly standing in that place as Christ's representatives, but also standing in that place as leaders for what we hope you would become more and more each week, which are agents of healing in the world, that you would speak blessing into this world. If you um, are new with us, and you join this congregation and membership in the last year or so, one of the things that we do is we give you a gift. Uh, and that gift is this book right here. Um, it's 
outside of uh, the scriptures, the book I think I turn to the most during the week. It's uh, To Bless the Space Between Us by John O'Donohue. You've heard it read from this chancel and stage many times. Um, but one of the things he's doing in this book is calling us to recover the lost art of blessing. At the core of what we do here at First Baptist Church is we offer one another the blessing of God over and over and over again. But let's be honest, like you, you have enough small and large cursings and degradations and defilements that you receive and that you give in reaction. Uh, and this is the place where your speech might be retuned, might be healed, so that when you speak into the world, uh, you can offer healing there. That's it. That's the thing. It's not bigger than that. It's just that simple. I have no idea a lot of weeks how to heal the world. But I do know how to show up to you. And you know how to show up to one another. And we are at a size and at a familiarity that we can be fully present to one another. It is the gift that every Sunday I wake up and I I give thanks for. And the the words that Danny Hayes shared with us, I'm just grateful that that's our calling together. Uh, And I welcome you into it. That's enough for today. The book of James, we've been in it for a little bit now. And uh, it is above all practical. If you are just with us, and I'd encourage you to pick up, it's in the end of the New Testament, uh, the book of James, and it's just five chapters long. But in there is uh, deep wisdom for life. When we uh, move into a time of communion after this last song, that we're going to sing together. Uh, our, our deacon body is going to be here at the front serving. We've got a couple of deacons who are traveling, who are out sick, but those who are able to gather with us um, would love to receive you for, for communion. Um, Zach Hoover, our moderator of our board, is going to preside over the table. But when you come forward, I want you to see them. Look them in the eye and know who they are. One of the things that, that James says is if anybody is sick, if anybody is ill, and that may mean body, that may mean spirit, uh, to come to the elders of the church and receive prayer for healing. And these are some of those elders of the church, folks who have been in this place for a while, who have walked these roads, who have fallen off into the ditch and have helped one another back out and onto the path. Uh, and they are here for you as leaders, but as servants, uh, deeply present to your wounds and to your joys. If you think that the only reason you might come forward for prayer either in a minute with Lindsay or myself or at the end of the service with one of our prayer teams is if you were physically ill. Um, that is one reason that you might come forward to receive prayer in that way. But there are lots of ways that we are sick. There are lots of patterns that we have stepped into that are destructive. Um, they might be an addiction. It might be grief for a relationship lost. Uh, you might come forward because you haven't shared a joy with somebody face to face and you just want to say, I feel grateful for this. And I want to be seen and say it to another person. And then we will share in that blessing together. Um, that is what it means to be present to one another in prayer and in healing. Uh, does this make sense? Okay. Well, would you pray with me now as we move into this last singing together? And then the table will be set for us. Uh, and Zach will give us some more language about communion. Let's pray together. God, the only reason that we can see one another is because you have seen us first. The only reason that we could offer healing or blessing is because we have received your blessing. We have nothing else to say but what you have already said, which is that you are making all things new and creation is being reconciled to itself. And so we are not creating a reality this morning, but we are living into it, believing it earnestly. 
You've trusted us with this ministry of reconciliation. Putting one another back together, putting ourselves back together and this world back together. Forgive us our pride and ambitions to make this thing as large as possible, but maybe it's just as small as it needs to be today and that that's enough. So even now and again, would you see us back into wholeness and speak us back into peace? Forgive our words of destruction and violence, our words of self-hatred and hatred of others, our anxiety and our fears. Forgive us and take these burdens. Give us your peace and your joy and your calm. In Christ's name, amen.